0: Thanks for listening to the Sunday Teaching Podcast from Salt and Light, a community based in Fort Worth, Texas, making disciples of Jesus together by seeking his kingdom in everyday life. Find out more at saltandlightfw.com. Well, to start, let me get some of the kids in the room. Who has a good joke? They can share. Oh, you were on it.
1: All right, go for it. Share it. Why did the man cry when he ran out of Pepsi? Anybody? Because Pepsi's really good.
0: Priscilla, thanks. What's, what's the answer? <laughs> it was so depressing. Wow. That was good. Okay. You're, you are an expert with jokes, so you probably know the answer to this. What is the, what is the right response when someone tells a knock-knock joke? They say knock knock. What do people say? Who's there? Okay. Does everybody know that answer? So when I give you a knock knock joke, you'll respond appropriately. Okay. All right. I didn't want to say okay. Come on. Like you know, you say hey good. How are you doing this morning? People are like oh okay. How are you doing this morning? I didn't want to say it twice. So knock knock. Yeah. Oh hey. You flip forward. Yeah. You got it. So I'm excited too to start this series. This is going to be a lot of fun, but honestly, maybe in your excitement that we're starting this series, you didn't actually understand what you were saying. So, Caden, next slide. Yahoo, right? So, this is what. Oh, you get what I did there. All right, that's good. So, so this series is titled "Who Is God." We're going to go through Yah is a shortened version of the personal name of God that he gave to, the, to Moses at the burning bush. It's, uh, you know, some people don't say it. That's why in your Bible, it's, it's uh, all capital letters, L-O-R-D. The word Lord shows up where the personal name of God is being used. And so, but the shortened version of Yahweh, but you could pronounce it different ways. Yahweh is Yah. You see it in the Psalms sometime. It'll say, praise Yah. And so Yah is the personal name or a shortened version of the personal name of God that God revealed to Moses. This is who it is, who our God is. I, I'm going to go back and forth using the name, you, not using the name. I hope, if, please give me feedback. <laughs> if you find it disrespectful I want or you know, object to it, please let me know. But the reason is that in the verses we're reading, God is using his name, his personal name. To communicate something about himself, and that's what I want us to spend some time on over this month. And then, if I get some bad feedback, I'll start saying the Lord instead. But either way, whether you say Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh, or something else, use it with respect. Kaden, go to the next slide real quick. So this is the series. I'll give you an introduction to it. You know, it's just three verses: Exodus thirty-four, five through seven. And you know, my job today is to help you appreciate why it is that we're out of all the verses, books, you know, chapters in the Bible that we could be going through in July, we're going through one, two, and three verses. And why is that? (laughs) And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about God's, oh, go back. We're gonna talk about God's character. God showing his character in these verses. This is the first time that some of this language gets used about who God is. And what we'll dig into is you'll see it's repeated over and over and over again, more than any other verses or themes in the Bible. These three verses are picked up on by the prophets and the psalmists and other books in the Bible more than any other. And so that's why we're digging into it. And in these chat, in these next couple of weeks, we'll break apart in more detail than I'm going to do today. So you're probably going to be a little dissatisfied <laughs> that I'm going to read you the verses and some of these words, you're going to have categories in your mind for what they mean and or wish you better understood them. And that's your encouragement to keep coming back <laughs> the next couple of weeks and to say, okay, let's, let's check our understanding of what is compassion and grace when it says God is a compassionate and gracious God. If he's slow to anger, abounding in loyal love and forgiveness, what does that mean? And then finally, what does it mean that God bring, still delivers justice? goes after those that are guilty, finds justice for those that are facing injustice or oppressed. So what is this? We will not unpack it to my satisfaction or your satisfaction today, but we'll get to it in future weeks. So let's start with character. There's three things I want to jump into to help you kind of appreciate what I, what I feel like I've grown to appreciate in digging into these verses. One is the repetition of these verses and how they show up in your Bible. We're just going gonna to do a survey, not exhaustive, but just a couple to give you a taste of it. The importance of timing. So these three verses aren't just arbitrarily placed in your Bible and then picked up on later. What's the importance of where these verses show up in the book of Exodus? What's happening before this point or after this point? And then finally, the benefit of knowing character. So if we're going to unpack what compassion and grace is and all these characteristics of God, We're going to want to know, well, why is that important? What's the benefit of knowing this? How do we respond differently to God because we know these things? How do we understand where God is going in history or in the future? Can he be relied on? So these are the things of the benefits of knowing character we'll unpack. Okay? Sweet. All right. So let's go to the first one, Caden. Repetition. So like I said, these verses, this is the first time that these string of characteristics about God get thrown together. And this is after, we'll get into in a minute, after God shares his personal name with Moses and then delivers the Israelites out of Egypt. And and so these verses get picked up on over and over and over again. I apologize for the small print. I won't do that to you next week, but let's get started reading on it. So Exodus 34, five through seven says, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. That's Moses. So Moses is, is there with the Lord. And that's the capital letters there. And proclaimed Yahweh by name. And the Lord passed. So the Lord stood with Moses and the Lord proclaimed Yahweh by name. Very confusing you know, way of putting that. But he's proclaiming his name. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed this says, Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love and faithfulness, keeping loyal love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But he by no means leaves the guilty unpunished, responding to the transgression of fathers by dealing with children and children's children to the third and fourth generation. And again, if there's some confusing things in there, we're going to unpack that in future weeks. But let's look at a repetition of this. So this next one's in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 7. You don't have to turn there. You can write it down and turn to it later. Fact check me. It says, it is not because you were more numerous. So this is God explaining why were the Israelites chosen? How did the Israelites become God's chosen people? It was not because you were more numerous than all the other people's. That the Lord favored and chose you, for in fact, you were the least numerous of all peoples. Rather, it is because of his love for you and his faithfulness to the promise he solemnly vowed to your ancestors that the Lord brought you out with great power, redeeming you from the place of slavery from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So realize that the Lord your God is the true God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant faithfully with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. We actually read these verses here in a minute in Micah, but the final verses in the scroll of Micah, the prophet says it like this. says, Who is a God like you who forgives sin and pardons the rebellion of those who remain among his people? Who does not stay angry forever, but delights in showing loyal love? Who will once again have mercy on us? Who will conquer our evil deeds? Who will hurl all our sins into the depths of the sea? You will be loyal to Jacob and extend your loyal love to Abraham, which you promised on oath to our ancestors in ancient times. So the prophets talking to God's people as they're going astray, calling them back to God, are are saying, this is the God who chose you. This is his characteristic. This is his nature. This is who he is. Who, who other, what other God would do this, right? And then the psalmist, Psalm 103, a very common psalm that y'all are, many of you are probably familiar with. I just selected a couple of verses. Next slide, Caden. The Lord does what is fair and executes justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and merciful He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve, for as the skies are high above the earth, so his loyal love towers over his faithful followers. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers. For he knows what we are made of, he realizes we are made of clay. So this is the repetition. This is God through the prophets and psalmists explaining his character, and the, the biblical authors are picking up on this character and explaining it over and over and over again to God's people and to us today, saying this is, this is who our God is. We'll talk about why that's important, but before we do that, I want to talk about where this falls. So we talked about repetition, the importance of timing. Why is this the right time for the, the introduction of God's character? Next slide. This is a very crude timeline. There's not even time on it. It's just (laughs) an arrow. But anyway, so prior to this point, right? And you heard in the verses, God appeared to Abraham and gave him a promise and blessed him and said, hey, I'm going, I'm choosing you. This is right after the Tower of Babel. God confuses the languages and scatters the people and then chooses one, Abraham, from all of the nations and says, you, I'm going to make a special covenant with and you are going to be my people i'm going to be your god i'm going to bless you and i'm going to give you the promised land and i'm also going to use you to bless the nations and so oh great great promise but eventually the descendants of abraham end up getting stuck in egypt they were down there for a good purpose but eventually the pharaoh in egypt decided to that they were too numerous and a threat and so he forced them into slavery 400 years of slavery, and they cry out to God and they say, God, help us. And God hears their cries. God then uses Moses. No, sorry, go back to the timeline. So I'm still on the far left here. God's using Moses now. Moses runs away from Egypt. I'm not going to unpack the whole story for you. Go watch the video. But uh, Moses appears, or sorry, God appears in a burning bush to Moses. And this is the first time his name gets used. The the God, you know, Moses says, when I go back to Pharaoh or to the people, who should I tell them sent me? And he says, well, this is how they should know my name. My name is Yahweh, the Lord, and that is on Mount Sinai where this event happens. And he says, okay, here's my promise to you, Moses. Not only am I going to send you and deliver your people, you'll know that I've succeeded in doing this because you're going to bring them back to this mountain in this place that we're speaking. And we'll get to that here in a minute. The, so he goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, I know a lot of gods. There are many gods in Egypt, but I don't know Yahweh. Who is Yahweh? Right? Same question we're asking. Same question you asked earlier. <laughs> Yahoo, right? Who is this God that, Moses is coming and saying, I should be responding to and releasing these people. Yahweh then kind of crudely summarized this, (laughs) but many acts of wonders and miracles, right? Frees and delivers his people. The Passover event, which the Jews celebrate every single year in recognition of what God did at this moment. And the splitting of the waters to let his people escape Egypt. And then closing them back to assure their salvation and deliverance from Pharaoh and his army. So God has just rescued his people. And Moses then goes back, brings them to the mountain, goes back to Mount Sinai, and has been like, okay, this is a God who kept his promises. And while he's up there getting the covenant started with God, Aaron and the people are down making a golden calf, an idol. And this, we think today, like, why? <laughs> you just saw all of these acts of wonders. Why are you doing this? So the golden calf has just happened, if you're familiar with the story. And it's a huge transgression against the God who just went out of, I mean, completely out of his way to, to show his power and his love for these people. And yet here they are worshiping a golden calf instead of the Lord who is on the mountain. And so that's where we find these verses. The next, okay, you can move forward. The next thing you see, chapter 33, is the Lord, well, this is a comment, the Lord speaks to Moses face-to-face as if a person is speaking to a friend. This is the relationship that Moses has with God. And Moses has been used in this powerful way And Moses has just seen his people that he represents (laughs) leave God for a golden calf for another idol, worshiping another God. And then here is how Moses responds after he says, no, God, I want you to, we need you. We need you to come with us as we journey. I know that you are still covenanting with me, but I want you to covenant with me and my people. And he says this. In the chapter before the verses we're studying, it says, see, you have been saying to me, bring this people up, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. But you said, I know you by name. Remember, God told Moses his personal name. And also you have found favor in my sight. Moses has found favor in God's sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I may know you that I may continue to find favor in your sight and see that this nation is your people. And Moses said, show me your glory. This is, for me, an interesting timing for this to show up. We just heard that God speaks to Moses face-to-face. Very intimate relationship that God has with Moses. And we see... That Moses has just been used by God to do acts of miracles and wonders and deliver his people, lead his people. He shared his personal name with Moses and has spoken through Moses to the king of the mightiest nation in the world at that time. And yet, Moses still says, Show me your way. He still says that I may know you. He says, Show me your glory. And that's when we get to our verses, <laughs> we get to our verses and God says, okay, I'm not going to show you my whole glory, but I will show you, I will show a lot to you. And this has set up for us, the character and nature of God, God's way, how to know God and God's glory, a taste of his glory is in Exodus 34. Caden, one more forward. And so since we'll be digging into this in the next three weeks, I want to read it one more time for you. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed Yahweh by name. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed after all of these things took place. And God has extended his covenant is saying, I'm going to renew my covenant with these people that I know are broken, (laughs) that are going to worship other gods. I know that. It says he is the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love and faithfulness, keeping loyal love for thousands. And importantly, after the golden calf event, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So this is, this is God's character. This is where it shows up in the book of Exodus. And after this point, Moses had previously smashed the two tablets that had the covenant and goes back up of the mountain and now God says, okay, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to travel with you. You will be my people. And he recreates those two, two tablets as a, a marker of the covenant being made. And he continues his covenant with these people that he knows is really broken. So this last part on the benefit of knowing character. So maybe just to, just to kind of flesh this out a little bit, I wanted us to talk about positive Character qualities. Think about somebody that you admire, like somebody that stands out to you as having really positive character qualities. What
1: are some of those qualities? Ashley? Oh, <laughs> I set that up. Sorry. No. Oh, thanks. Other qualities? people you admire, people you want to be like, gentle. Yeah. That's good. Others, this side of the room. Thoughtful, intentional. Awesome. Humility. Yep. That's great. Integrity.
0: Those are good. And so these are things we would all want to hear said about ourselves. (laughs) All these things. Positive character qualities. How about negative character qualities? Next slide, Caden. Go forward to.
1: Negative character qualities. People you don't want to be around. You don't want your kids hanging out with. (laughs) Selfish. Okay. Middle. Dishonest. Yeah. Always. They're never admitting their fault. Yeah, Jack murders
0: 100%. So That's good. I mean, this is this these are character qualities. Like you we say especially on a, on the negative side, we say oh, they've shown their true character. Right? We usually mean that negatively. They've kind of exposed some aspect of themselves that means they can't be trusted. We don't want to be around them. So we, So I'm, I'm ultimately going to say here that like, when you think about positive and negative character qualities, it, it instructs you. You should respond in different ways to someone that's showing negative character qualities versus positive. And the same is true around God and his character qualities. He's revealed his character in the verses that we're unpacking this month. In fact, those are here again. He's revealed his character. So we have an opportunity to think, well, if we know when someone reveals really negative character qualities, how do I respond differently? Or how do I think about how this person might act in the future? Humans are more unpredictable than, than God. God is more consistent. So put that aside. This is, this is God's character and it doesn't change. That's why it's repeated over and over and over again. It's unchanging. Someone might have started out with bad character qualities and they say, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? We get influenced, but that doesn't mean that's how they're going to be in the future. But God has shared his character qualities with Moses here and they're unchanging. They get repeated over and over and over again. So we can have confidence that God is not going to change away from these qualities when it comes to how we approach him and what we expect in terms of how we engage with him. So there's four things I want to unpack for us that help us as we move through the next couple of weeks. Next. And I think you can think about this with people, but you can also think about this, especially for our series with God. So as we go through the next couple of weeks, I want you oh, I want you to have these couple of things in mind. One is comparison. So what's the benefit of knowing someone's character? Well, it allows you to to compare, right? When you know someone has negative character qualities or positive, you're making a comparison and saying, I want my kids to be more like this person. I want to bring this person into a trusted relationship with me, right? Positive character qualities, negative character qualities, that comparison. With God, especially at this time, like I said, Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh? Who is this God that I've never heard of? that for some reason the slaves are worshiping and I've never heard of them must not be important, but this is a comparison. There were other gods in existence that Pharaoh knew, but he didn't know this one. And God is revealing his character so that the people of God, the people he's chosen to covenant himself with can distinguish between the God that's chosen them and shown compassion and faithfulness to them and grace compared to the other gods that are going to be attracting them away and asking them to worship them or things that you and I might see today that are drawing our attention objects of worship that want us to spend time and energy on instead of God so comparison is one thing as we go through comparing who what are the other things that I might be worshipping are we we live in a neighborhood with a lot of people that worship other other gods religions hindu Nepali neighbors, and we need to be able to communicate to them. No, this is the God. This is the creator God of the entire universe. And this is his character and his nature. And this is going to be and look different. This God is very different than any other God that they might be worshiping. Then second one is prediction. So think of this like you know maybe moving away from people's qualities, though I think I said the apple falls, might not fall far from the tree, right? You can predict, okay, they've got kind of a rough parent, maybe the child, that's kind of why they're raised that way. We also see this in like statistics around the criminal justice system and repeat offenders, right? If someone enters the criminal justice system, it's very likely they're going to do it again. They might end up there not, uh, thankfully, not always the case but you can in some way predict what may occur based on someone's character or who they've shown themselves to be. It's like a hurricane, right? If you think about the characteristics of water temperature and winds and wa- water conditions, you can predict where a hurricane is going to go, where it might hit landfall, how strong it's going to be. Once someone shows you your char- their character it serves as somewhat of a prediction and you become a little, especially if it's negative, you become a little bit more hesitant about how much you share with that person or trust to that person. But the same is true with God. This is why it was repeated over and over again. We can predict this is how God will operate. This is his nature. This is how he will act. Reflection, right? Reflection, we are imagers of God. Right, as his imagers, we're meant to reflect him out to the world. If this is his nature, and this is so important to who God is, how are we examining our own lives and saying, "Is the holy are we seeking God and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring out in us compassion, to bring out graciousness, to show forgiveness? We can't conjure these things up on our own, and the perfect reflection of God in this nature shows up in the the person of Jesus, that we have a Savior who is not separate from the God that we see in Exodus 34. It's the same God with the same nature, same character. And that's why we see him operating in ways that show compassion and graciousness and also justice, promising justice to those that are feeling oppressed. So reflection, how are we, as we go through and unpack each of these characteristics in the future weeks, how are we thinking about how we're reflecting God and how we can do that better by leaning into walking in the spirit? And then finally, empowerment. And I said this earlier, this is something that I think struck me differently this time around. Maybe you, like Moses, have had a personal relationship with God. Maybe God's used you to do really incredible things to lead other people into a relationship with him, to see miracles happen. Maybe that's you, but we can all, Caden, if you go to the next slide, we can all remember the same way that Moses engaged God at this point. He said, listen, show show me. (laughs) Didn't say listen, God. I guess, I don't know. It depends on how you translate it. Show me your way, Right. Are we approaching God this way? Am I approaching God that way? To say, show me your way. I know I have a relationship with you. I know I've seen amazing things. I know you favor me. We have your, your favor. You've covenanted with all of us. Your spirit is in us, but show me your way, right? That I may know you. Show me your glory. And that's what we get to unpack in these verses, is God has revealed his glory And wrapped up in that glory is, in part, his nature and his character that's so different than any other God that the Israelites could turn to. And as the prophets and the psalmists call God's people back to him, they're saying, remember, this is the God who saved you. This is the God who chose you. And this is who he is. And so, like Moses, that's my prayer for you. As we go into communion here, that would be my prayer for you, is that you would recognize that you're in a place just like Moses, and want to see God more, and want to pray to Him. Not like you speak to Him face to face, because you may already do. His spirit's inside of you, right? That intimacy may be there, but you want God to show His glory to you, and that would be my prayer for myself and for you. And may we get a little bit closer to that as we go through the next couple of weeks. And uh, so let me give you instructions for communion. has been said, we now have an opportunity to respond and, and to remember Jesus, who is that perfect reflection of our father, of the God that was revealed in these verses. We have the ability to say these same things that are up here on the screen. So as you take the bread and the wine, if you're on these rows, you're going to get up and go to the tables at the end here. Don't wait. I'm not going to announce, okay? We're all going to eat at the same time. <laughs> Just go ahead go ahead when you feel ready to stand up and go over there. Shannon's going to play some piano for us and then we'll we'll sing and praise our God together. So let's do that now. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Teaching Podcast from Salt and Light, a community based in Fort Worth, Texas, making disciples of Jesus together by seeking His kingdom in everyday life. Find out more at saltandlightfw.com.